This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. How's it going? And welcome to the Backpacking Podcast, the unscripted, unplanned show where you get to hear about all things backpacking, hiking, and <laughs> gear. And I'm here with Jeremiah Stringer, who smells awful right I'm sorry, now. man. But you know what? I, I like appreciate it, because I know what you've been doing this weekend. <laughs> hey, I've been backpacking, You've been backpacking? Yes. So tell me about what you've been doing this weekend. Dude, we went out to Red River Gorge, and... Uh, Oh my gosh, where do I start? Who was there? Okay, here, here, here's who was there. So, I don't know, to start off, I was supposed to be there, but everybody got there before me. David Gray and his two dogs, and they were awesome. And backpacking with Jason, he was there. And Goat and Matt, Matt beat me at McGill's. He beat me in basketball, that was embarrassing. And Jeremy, all things Wait, outdoors. Where's Matt from? Matt is he's a Hoosier. No, no, no. He's a Buckeye. Of course he is. Oh, just like my just like gosh. Ohio State beat Kentucky this year. It's Jeremy that's a Hoosier. He beat me at Cornhole. I'm just a loser, man. All I do is lose to <laughs> it, Northerners. But you're winning when it comes to podcasting. Uh, yeah, that's that's all that matters, really. That's that's all that matters, dude. Well, also Joe and Jim, shout out to them. Um, I don't think they really have channels, but they're like super cool subscribers, and they were at the Ohio meetup. They were there. So here's the plan. We we were going to Eagle's Nest, which, you know, you kind of try to keep it off of maps because it's second highest fatality like place in Red River Gorge. Really? Like people climb down. They try to climb down this nest. It's really dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, it's a terrible idea unless you're like harnessed in and trained. Yeah. So anyway, they try to keep it off the maps and stuff that you can buy in the store, but all trails had it. So the plan was they were all going to get there at 10 a.m., go to uh, Copperas Falls, and then hike back. So they did that. In the meantime, I was working like a normal human being. People do that? Friday. I know. <laughs> I know. Got to pay the bills. Oh, man. So listen to this. I got there. I wanted to get there at 6. I got there at like, I don't know, 6.40 after I stopped and got a permit and a snack and stuff because food's important. Slightly. And it was pitch black, new moon before I ever set foot onto the trail. This is completely off trail. And right before I lost service, I stopped. I texted my wife and I was like, hey, I'm about here. You know, I'll talk to you if I got service. I texted backpacking with Jason. I said, hey, man, I'm 10 minutes from the trailhead. If I'm not there by 8.30, I'll stop and camp somewhere on the way. It's only a mile and a half, so I, so I thought. And so I set off in love, the dark. I love that phrase, so I thought. <laughs> That's right, man. I set off into the dark. This is super hard to find. I, I ended up walking like two and a quarter, but it's pitch black and all has my headlamp, and the only thing you can hear is like the rapids in the creek. And this creek is like the Red River, I guess, technically, at Osborne Bend. And it's probably 50 feet wide, and it's just like, and I'm listening for a waterfall, which I didn't know until the next day. It was pretty much just a mist falling 200 feet, and I, there's no way I could have saw it. And I, the only way I could find them, I, got, I didn't get turned around, but I didn't have a map. Like, I was using all trails. Right. And I stopped. Whenever I texted them, I also stopped and looked at the map 
and kind of like visually memorized it. But then I was like, I'll leave it on the screen. And then when I open it up and I don't have service, it'll be fine. Nope. And there's no paper map of it. Like it doesn't exist because Red River Gorge doesn't want it on there because people get up there and get hurt, you know, kids acting dumb. So anyway, all I have is my memory of how to get to this eagle's nest off trail, like just following the river. And then I keep looking, looking, trying to stick left, look for the place where I'm supposed to go, like up the hill toward the waterfall and then scramble up some rocks and roots and stuff and like hand over foot, climb up this mountain. Cannot find it. I finally get service, get high enough elevation. And I was like literally five minutes away from there. And they had all given up on me hours before. They went into it in the daylight and they were like, there's no way he's finding this dude. He's crazy if he thinks he's finding this in the dark. We can't find it during the day. Like, they couldn't find it during the day. And backpacking with Jason, he tried to find it three times and found it the third time on accident. Backpacking with Jason, Jason Wall. <laughs> I know. Jason Wall had trouble finding it. He knows where it is now, but oh, yeah. like in the past, That's, it took him three tries and he found it on accident. This means you're legitimate, dude. Dude, I. So here's what happened. I got enough service, and I called backpacking with Jason, and I could see his location. That's how I knew I had turned the wrong way. I found an old logging road, and I was like, this can't be right, but it's taking me up. And I backtracked and finally found the right way up, but I was in this massive cave. I mean, you could park like 20 semis in there like with trailers like stacked on top of each other. It's a huge. That's awesome. Like 200 feet tall. So anyway, I called him, and I was like, hey, dude, I got to be really, really close. And I was yelling, and they couldn't hear me. And I was like, hold on, let me blow my whistle, because Osprey's got the little snap whistle. Right, right. So I blew it, and they're like, oh, dude, I bet you're right below us. And they kind of come down and found where I was. But I found them before they found me. I saw their headlights, and I was like, they didn't know where to go back down at. It's hard to find. But anyway, I ended up finding them. We had a great weekend. We hung out. I was hoping to see um, Southwest Ohio backpacking. But he was kind of already gone because... Oh, Kevin? Yeah. Kevin was out there? Kevin and then hiking second half of life. Um, both of them were out there. And some other people, too. Like, I met, a, I met up with a buddy at Miguel's, Bryce, that lives in Somerset where I live. That's awesome. Yeah. So we had a good time. We hiked probably, you know, five... I probably hiked five to ten miles during the whole weekend. A lot of camping. Sardina yeah, Arch. That's yeah, awesome. Staircase. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you, man? Well, this I was supposed to go with you guys for Friday night. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I went to, last weekend, I was in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, went out there with uh, Dan Becker and the Shill Brothers and Rob Pelton, uh, Chad from UGQ and his buddy Chandler. It's a fun crew, and, man. Uh, and the guy I never met before, Jeremy LaCroix from yeah. Midwest Backpacker. Um, great group of guys, eight of us out there in the Kettle Moraine. Mm-hmm. And I realized why people don't backpack in Wisconsin. So cold, no, stinky cold, man. It's not good backpacking. Like, oh, is it not? No. Okay, so you have these shelters, and you have to register them, and you have to pay for them ahead of time. Yeah, and it's like you have to stop there. It's like twenty five bucks a night for a shelter. Wow, and something like that, twenty five or fifty bucks, something like that. I think it's twenty five. Hope y'all split it, man, because you could do like full electric camper with water and everything. There's no electric. Oh man, come on! And only one of the shelters we were at had water. What'd you do for water? Um, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> so, so yes, uh, we get there, and Dan and I get there first, and he picked me up at my hotel that I was staying at the night before. Um, really cool story about that. I used to live in Kenosha, Wisconsin, yeah. And so I called a buddy of mine who said, "Next time you're in town, give me a call, and you can stay with us for the night, you know, and and hang out and stuff. And then the next day, wherever you need to go, you can take off." Mm-hmm. So I took him up on it. I called him up and said, "Hey, man, can I stay with you guys?" He goes, "Yeah, no problem." 20 minutes later, he goes, dude, we just had a bathroom 
no thing go on. He goes, he goes, but that, don't worry. He goes, I've got like hundreds of thousands of hotel points. He goes, are you cool staying at a hotel? He goes, I got it covered. Seriously, how does he get so many hotel points? He That's travels for his work. Oh, okay, and racks so, him up. Yeah, and so he goes, he goes. I, how about the Delta Hotel in uh, in Racine, which is like ten minutes away, twelve minutes away, something like that? Sounds nice. It sounds like a nice hotel. It's a Hilton hotel, dude. Wow. Yeah. So so he he gets me the king suite. Just you? Just me? Just you by yourself? I got the king suite. King suite, man. And then and then he got me breakfast the next day. Paid for my breakfast ahead of time. That so, sounds awesome. That's killer, right? This is the night before your trip starts. This is the night before the trip, which okay. is what you want the night before, you know? Because Plenty of rest. Yeah. So uh, I stay in this hotel, get up the next morning. Dan comes out. He meets me at breakfast. Um, got a cup of coffee. We sat there and talked for a while, and we were getting ready to work on this giveaway that Dan did. Mm-hmm. And it's online now, so it's no big shock. But he literally gave away $1,500 uh, $1, loadout. Man, that is Full so loadout great. to somebody. I saw the video. And I really I enjoyed that man because it's just showing love like oh, you dude. care for people and you're giving back. And you should have seen the reaction of the people. Oh. Like that that guy literally was almost in tears. And what was cool about it was these guys run a backpacking organization where no they way. teach people how to backpack and they have different levels and expertise and this they is in take Wisconsin? different trips. Yeah, it's in Wisconsin. And when we mentioned it to him, the first thing they said was, um, Oh man, I know someone who could use this. Oh, they're gonna pass it forward. Yeah, pay it forward. They call it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- there were a couple things I think they were gonna keep for themselves, which they should have. I mean, it was for them anyways. But their first thought wasn't themselves; it was other people. So it's like, isn't that awesome? That's like the perfect people to give this to. You it's know what, what you mean? go for? Yeah. So, so they they did that, and and we did the giveaway. But in the midst of all this, uh, we get to the campsite um, to get back to where I hung my hammock. I had to walk through a foot and a half of snow. Like, literally, Did like post holing over my over my calves, Aww. and so I had to dig out an area to walk in with my feet, and so I was trying something. Uh, I watched a video from Jason Walt where he had these waterproof socks. <laughs> You're crazy, man. called seal skins, right? I saw that. Yeah, I saw. So video. I bought some, and they're not cheap. But yeah, I was like, they're waterproof socks, and I guarantee I'm going to be in snow. Yeah. So I got them, and I wore trail runners. What? Are, how do they? In two foot snow. I don't understand, man. They're, are they like so elastic or whatever? Like they hug your legs so well? Get this, get this. How? Two feet of snow wearing trail runners, first off. Okay? Most people who like live in Canada or Minnesota or you know, any place where there's a lot of snow would tell yeah. me I'm out of my mind. Well, you got the boots with the gaiters on, like going up to your knees. That's what they wear, right? Yeah, I didn't have any gaiters. Or maybe not, I don't know. I, I didn't have gaiters. <laughs> I was wearing trail runners. The snow gaiters, man. Yeah, I have some. But Not I didn't bring them because I wanted to try this. I wanted to see what happened. <laughs> You're a wild man. Yeah, so I wanted to see if it would work. My feet never got wet. What about from the inside? Because I know like a no, wetsuit. No, they didn't sweat or anything. You don't have to have like a layer in there so, or something? So here's the thing. What is it? I thought I thought I would take my socks off at the end of the day uh-huh. and my feet would be gross. Just pruny. Like yeah. alien brain. Dry as a bone. No way. Dry as a bone. How do you do that? I don't know, but... Seal skins, and this is not a commercial for seal skins, but I'm a believer, man. And so, if I know I'm going to be backpacking, it's going to be pouring in the rain, yeah, and I'm going to have a ton of water crossings, I'm probably going to wear those things, man. Dude, show me those before you leave. Well, they're in the washing leave, machine I mean. right now, so I don't know if you'll be able to see them. Ah, oh, man, if we do enough podcasts, <laughs> they'll be dry. It's true, you're yeah. not wrong about that. So, anyway, so, so I had to walk through about a foot of snow to get to the two trees I was going to use, and I basically used my feet as a shovel. 
Because they didn't bring a shovel, because I'm not used to backpacking in snow, right? Do people bring shovels in the snow? Yeah. What? Yeah, because they know better. Because they know better. Uh, yeah, I'm big dumb. <laughs> because that's, the, that's out of my element, man. I don't know. I would yeah. be comfortable, that's for sure. So so anyways, I dig out the, the area for my hammock, get everything hung up, mm-hmm. get all my stuff set down, and then Dan and I take off for uh, this video. Yeah. We, we, we do part of the video, we come back, and everybody else is there. So Chad's there, Chandler's there, both the Shill brothers are there, Kevin and Andy, uh, Rob and, and Jeremy have all gotten there. And so we all start hanging out and talking, and we realize there is no firewood around us at all. Because the oh. only place you're allowed to backpack is at these shelters. The only place you can camp is at these shelters. So they're all picked over? All picked over. Did y'all bring a saw? You brought a saw, didn't you? Oh, yeah. We both did. Uh, there were a couple saws out there with us. But Who here's else a, brought a saw? So, so but that, that's not the point. Oh, okay. I know where you're going with this. There was a gas station. No, dude, you did not. It gets better. Just wait. I know. I saw. A mile away. A mile away. <laughs> a mile away. The gas station's a mile away or only, the car? Only a mile away. The car was like 200 yards away. Wow, dude. So so we walk down to the cars. Yeah. Now you can make there's a third of a mile trail you could take, or there was a trail right down the mount right down the hill. And you can go right to the cars. And so we did that. And so we, we walked down to the cars. We went to the gas station, loaded up on, on goods for the evening, and uh bought tons of firewood. Nah. And then walked it back up to camp. I can't do it, man. Okay. Just wait. Okay, I'll wait. So, so the next, <laughs> so, so the next morning we get up, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, so that night here's the, here's the crazy part. Yeah. Dinner that night. The the Shill brothers brought bratwurst. They brought bratwurst. Uh, Rob and Jeremy brought camp tacos. Wow. Dan brought a hobo meal. Did y'all do potluck style or no? We just all that's the food we all brought. Wow. And then I brought uh, a sirloin steak. Nice. And, and I made potatoes before I came, so I brought those to heat back up. You're a smart guy. Which I think in the Shill Brothers video, they took a lot of video of my steak. So that might be on video this week. I don't it may know. may catch on. We'll see. But uh, I, I was representing Kentucky. That's what they even said. Yeah, that's right. They said these Kentucky boys and their steaks is what they said. Meat. So uh, I, I, there was steak. There was hobo meals. There was, I think somebody even took meat sticks and was like, you know, like the beef sticks that yeah. you can buy and was roasting them over the fire. What's the hobo meal? What what all comes in that? Because I don't know. I just assume like hobo means you got the stick over your arm, you got the ra- literally wrapped up. Literally, it's just a big piece of aluminum foil, and you put ground beef and potatoes and onions and peppers and all that stuff in there. Season it, close it up, and then just drop it in the bottom of the fire. Let the coals cook. Let it. the coals cook it. Wow, we had a great fire too. And so, so that's what we did. All this food, right? I can't believe y'all bought firewood though. Well, and then here's in the, the wood. Just just wait. All right, man. This is the weirdest back. I mean, Rob Pelton and I talked about this a lot since then. We're yeah. both just like, this is the weirdest backpacking trip either one of us have ever. I think it's, I think in my video I called it a backpacking slash car camping combination trip. Ah, oh, luxurious backpacking. Yes, yeah, so it's kind of luxury backpacking. But yeah. so so that night, then everybody of course everybody had wet feet. Yeah, except for me. Not you, man. You're that? smart with. How about that one? The seal skins came through <laughs> for me. So, so we uh, everybody put their feet around the fire and warmed their feet up and all that good stuff, and uh, went to bed. Got up the next morning. We all ate breakfast. Dan was the last one up. Um, I had to give him a hard time. Uh, a couple of us were calling him the Jeremiah of our trip. Oh, so, they were getting on me this weekend too. <laughs> so, anyway, so so we get up and 
and we do our thing and we pack up and we have about a seven to eight mile hike. And uh, we really just kind of took our time because it's, it's not a very long hike. Yeah. You know, I mean, eight miles is really not much of anything. That's a pretty good hike for so, me, man. But we get out there and we start going and I just stopped. Like I had to. Yeah. I, it was one of those things where it wasn't a hard hike. Maybe Probably your socks, man. A couple of hills. I think it was the socks. But I was just enjoying the view. Oh, I bet. Dude, it was just like a winter wonderland. It's like, you don't get that in Kentucky, you know? No. And, and even when I lived in Wisconsin, it's not like I spent a bunch of time in the woods, you know, because back then I didn't backpack. And why would I? I lived in Wisconsin. There's not really good backpacking. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I just stopped and just, I took a lot of pictures, like a ton of pictures, and did a lot of video that never made it into my YouTube video. Yeah. But uh, just enjoyed it. And I'm kind of like, I'm a community camper. And I'm more of a solo hiker, like, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Because I really just enjoy the quiet, because, I mean, you saw I have a two-year-old and a three-year-old. Yeah. And, they're and cute, though. They're precious. They, they I are. I like to spend time with them. They're, they're cute. They're adorable kids. Yeah. But they're loud. Yeah, they are loud. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> yeah. like... <laughs> I was just saying Chewbacca. The, oh, yeah. 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 And the sound never stops. And so I it's bet, like, man. when I get out on a trail, I like to pull back from everybody and just let them go. Mm-hmm. And then I just get in my quiet place. And that's when I, that's what I love. And so, you know, I just kind of let the guys go ahead and just kind of did my own thing. And there were times I probably stopped for like five minutes and just stared around and enjoyed the view and all that. And then finally we stopped for lunch and we stopped on the side of the road uh-huh. and we're sitting on the side of the road. Cause it was the only place we could find where all of us could sit. And of course I didn't bring a chair and that's Dan Becker's fault, but that's for another day. <laughs> Dan, if you're listening, you know, this is your fault, but, um, but anyways, no. Uh, we stopped on the side of the road. We're eating, and this car pulls up, and it stops. It, it slows down really slow. And we're like, oh, no. They're going to yell at us for sitting on the side of the road or something, you know? Yeah, kick you off. Yeah, so they, they pull by, and then they pull over. And I'm like, oh, no, here it comes. This dude gets out, and he looks at all of us, and he goes, I don't know who all you guys are. And he points at Danny and goes, but I know who you are. I watch all your videos, man. And so, of course, we're all like, woo! You know, cheering for Dan and not Dan Becker. Oh, Dan Becker, absolutely. <laughs> so, so Dan gets up and talks to him for a little bit, and they get some pictures and video and stuff. And I'm, I'm sure that'll be in Dan's video this week. But uh, that happens, and then they drive off, and this other car drives by, mm-hmm. really slow. I'm like, oh, they know Dan too. So we start going, what's the over under? You know that they know Dan. Yeah. So they turn around, they come back, and they pull past us and stop. And when they stop, the guy gets out and he pulls out. He opens up his trunk and pulls out this box and goes, are you guys backpackers? I'm like, yeah. He goes, you hiking today? We're like, yeah. He goes, you want some Girl Scout cookies? Oh. He gave each of us a box of Girl Scout cookies. Cookies are the best. Dude, that's that's trail angel heaven right wow. there. Wow. So, yeah. So, he hooks us up with that. And uh, after we get the cookies, you know, we're all freaking out. Of course... It's a bunch of YouTubers. So there's 800 cameras on this guy. Yeah. You know, taking the video. So we get the cookies, we take off, we hike. I'm going along and I notice that uh, Rob and Chad from UGQ and Chandler, uh, those guys are all turning left where I thought we were supposed to keep going on the trail straight. Yeah. But I was like, ah, they're ahead of me. I'll just go where they go. Yeah. Yeah. They totally got off the trail. No. We ended wrong up in a, turn? We ended up in a lumber yard. Man, there's no hiking in a lumber yard. But this was the funny part. It ended up being a shortcut on our hike. No way. Yeah, so we go through the lumber yard, we end up on the road, and we only had to go like maybe 100, 200 yards, and there was the trail. Wow. And so, 
you know, we ended up finding the trail and get back on it. And from there, it was it was like a quarter of a mile to the cabin. Dude, that was luxurious hiking. <clears throat> oh, but it gets better. Even better? Just Did the Girl I, Scout cookies? Dude, it, you haven't heard anything yet. All right. So then we get to the campsite, and I hear, I'm hearing rumors on the trail that Dan and the Shill brother, and Dan and Kevin Shill have this idea for dinner. Uh-oh. I'm like, well, what are we going to do here? This is different. And they were going to eat you, so, man. So we get to camp, and thank goodness. They'd, they'd, have, <laughs> ate, they'd have eaten well if they'd have eaten me. But, uh, so we get to camp, and uh, we get to the shelter, and Chad... Hufton looks at me. Is it Hufton or Houghton? It's Hufton, isn't it? Chad? Yeah. For UGQ? Yeah. No idea, man. I think he mispronounces on purpose just he, to throw you said, off. He told me it was Hogton. I'm like, yeah, ain't Hogton. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so we're talking, and uh, he goes, we ought to just hang our hammocks in here. Because there were hooks in the shelter. I saw that. I was like, man, those guys are douches. What if so, somebody comes into that shelter and needs to sleep, and they're like cold and wet? No, we rented the shelter. I know. So I didn't know that else, watching the video. Nobody else coming. But other people watching the video, I think that they think that too. So well, maybe, they need to get over it, because we had to pay for that stuff. <laughs> I gave money yeah, to Dan. They don't know. I gave money to Dan. I don't feel guilty at all. Yeah, so, yeah. I got you. I got you. They need to listen to the podcast. Yeah, they will be listen. fine. Yeah, they they'll, they'll be fine. But here's the thing. So we, we hang up all of our – so we're sleeping under a shelter, at, you know. Yeah. So now we're in the hotel de hammock, you know, in there. No wind, And the word, no wind. Except for me because I'm by the window. Yeah. I blocked all the wind for everybody else. Got to have a little wind, man. Don't want the <laughs> condensation on your bag and stuff. Well, I didn't have any, which is really cool. I bet so, it's warm. Anyway, so we, uh, we did that, and then all of a sudden we hear the rumor, hey, there's this really cool bar and grill nearby. And we'll go there and get burgers for dinner tonight. Oh. And and so Andy Andy Schill is in the room and he goes, I don't want to do that. What? That's what Andy said. Andy goes, I don't want to do that. And he goes, I just want he goes, I'm tired. I just want to sit here and I want to eat my food and I want to sit around a campfire. Andy, come on, man. Well here we also had to go get more firewood. Oh, you had to go out anyway? We had to get more firewood. He's not good at getting firewood. They went and got firewood and came back. Who did Andy? Andy and Kevin and Dan, oh. and then Rob went with them, and then Chad and Chandler brought most of it back. Then I met them on the trail and brought it the rest of the way with them, and we bought water. We bought like five gallons of water because there was no water source, and yeah, you just carried it in. Yeah, so we we bought five gallons of water at the nice. gas station. So we bring all this water up, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're not going to need to boil for food. So we bought five gallons of water for nothing. Yeah, I started to say, I bet you still have four gallons of water. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> in the truck. So, so uh, we end up getting everything set up, and then we all load up, and we go out to this this Mike's Bar and Grill. And, dude, they have flavored tater tots. What kind of flavor? That doesn't even mine, make sense. Mine were buffalo flavored. Oh. Right? And there were, there were salt and pepper and ranch. Man. It was awesome. And I mean, we ate like kings. Salt and pepper and ranch. Yeah, dude. I wonder how good that is. Uh, I know the ranch ones were good because that's what the shills got. I got the buffalo ones. Man, today when I ate that pizza, it was ranch and hot sauce as the sauce. Oh, I bet you were in heaven. Just a mix. I bet you were in heaven. Mm. So, so That sounds like a good combination. So so we do that, and then we hike back in from the tr- from the, the parking lot. Yeah. Um, but what we didn't know is when the other guys got to the parking lot... There was this guy who came in with these bald tires trying to drive up this unshoveled parking area. Is it wet and got and slippery? stuck. Just got completely stuck and they had to push him out. Uh, he's probably driving one of those Jeeps like Lance. Yeah, yeah probably. 
Sorry, I'm just Lance. kidding, Lance. Sorry, Lance. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so we, uh, you know, we we that was our trip. It was just like the strangest backpacking trip I've ever been on in my life. But it was so much stinking fun. I mean, you talk about a good group of guys, man. That's a weird sequence of events that you lived through, man. But it was a blast. You know how you mentioned? Uh, oh yeah, they're all fun, man. Yeah. You know how you mentioned like um, me getting up late? Yeah. This is how bad it got. Like our trail family was called the Brunch Club. I remember you telling me about that. Well, this weekend, Jim and Joe, which again were super cool, awesome guys, they got up, broke camp, left, said bye to like the other two or three people that were up. Two people probably. And I guess Jason were probably one of that was one. No, Jason's last one up today. I beat him. What? I know. He still beat me packing up, though, which didn't make any sense. He's a beast. I know, because he's out all the time. Yeah. Well, anyway, they had had time to hike from on top of Indian Staircase, around Indian Staircase Bypass, which is how we come up, back to the vehicle that's parked at Bison Way, which, for those of you listening, that's a pretty hard three miles. When I say hard, I mean like rock scrambling down roots and like eight to ten foot drops but you're holding onto like trees and scooting down so with full packs on they get to the vehicle and don't have enough service to call because there's no service and they text they text jeremy from all things outdoors and they're like hey man we can't try we can't find the key and we're like oh no hold on we'll look sure enough the truck key was sitting where the hammock was where one of them had camped jim had camped there last night drop the key they just didn't take it with them. I don't oh, know if you man. didn't pack it or what. So anyway, long story short, they had time to walk all the way down there, walk all the way back up, and leave again before I had my stuff packed up. <laughs> That's insane. It's awful, man. Those guys like had packed everything up. They were good to go. You know? That's hilarious. That's and they just, made it back to the vehicle. That's so stinking funny, man. Yeah, and Kevin, I was going to meet up with him, but he had already been to McGill's before we even even made it out. Like, well, he had, uh, when you're by eaten. yourself, man, it's just like yeah. there's no sitting around talking to people. You just get up and go. I think he had like one like one other person with him, like hiking second half of yeah, hiking second half of, half of life. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so they were kind of chilling together. That's awesome. Well, let me yeah. ask you a question. Since over the past you know two weeks, we've both camped in temperatures in the 20s. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cold. I mean, we're not talking like zero. We're not like Maddie Outdoors or Justin Outdoors. Those guys are up in Canada, yeah, you know, insane. backpacking like negative degrees or anything. But it was cold. How did you stay warm at night? Like, what what's your hammock set up? How do you uh, how'd you keep warm? Well, I got the hammock and the tent set up. So this time I took the tent, but last time I took the hammock. Okay, so so what are your setups then? So for the hammock, I got the Pride of Kentucky still, and um, I actually. Have something in the works for an underquilt, so we'll see how all that turns out. And I don't want to say too much. I got to try some stuff out and yeah, chickety check, learn what I like and don't like, and all that. But we'll see how it turns out. I'm going to start using an underquilt. I tried the pad, and I was like, man, I've had an underquilt before. Borrowed somebody's. This pad isn't very comfortable compared to the underquilt. Not even close, man. Uh, I was like is sliding it, around. Doesn't Tim Watson use? solely uh, a pad when he goes hammock camping. Yeah, I, and I know other people do too. For a fact, Josh Ebersole does. 
for a fact. Well, well, yeah. Well, him and uh, him and Tim do a lot of things in common yeah. when it comes to backpacking. So that actually, makes sense. Josh got Tim into backpacking before I know, that. Yeah, I do know that. Yeah. yeah. So pretty insane. But anyway, when it comes to warmth, I use that sleeping pad. I used the X Light and took that down to probably I don't know thirty degrees or so, and I was okay. There were some cold spots, but I, like took um, you know stuff like extra jacket or shirt or some socks or stuff and stuck it in places where something would hang off, like right. my arm or leg or foot or something. And I put my Z seat at the end of my X light. So if my feet kind of come off during the night in the hammock, they'd be on the Z seat instead of just like exposed to the elements. Right. Cause you got a sleeping sense. bag around you. Yeah. So anyway, ideally I want to run uh, like a zero degree under quilt and a top quilt. And then see kind of how that feels down to like, I don't know, 10 degrees or something. I yeah, really man. love the cold. I like the fall. But then for the the tent, I'll tell you what I did this time. I took the X-Lot, uh, the Neo Air X-Lot, and I slept on it, and I cut a piece of Reflectix that was body length. And while I rolled it up, it was kind of about the size of a chair if you were going to pack it on the outside of your bag. Yeah. That's like how big the Reflectix was. And I'm a pretty long guy, and that would have been head to toe. And then I use that. I've doubled it over and set it in my chair. Because, you know, they sell those little, like, down things that go on the back. Like a down blanket goes on the back of your chair. Right, right. I use that Reflectix instead and stay a lot warmer. Because normally my back gets cold. Oh, I can imagine. Now I slept all night like that in a 15-degree Nemo, um, like, sleeping bag, the long wide. Plenty of room in there. Well, that's a nice sleeping bag, though. Oh, yeah. I remember it's when you bought me. that. I remember when you... Uh, and if you're listening, it sounds like I'm going through puberty. I'm not. <laughs> We're both sick, uh, man. I, I the one of the I was actually supposed to go with you guys at least for Friday night, mm-hmm. and I have been dog sick all week ever since I, I got back from you. Wisconsin. So, um, yeah. So my voice is just shot. So if I if you're listening and you've been hearing a lot of coughing and stuff, that's what it is. I'm basically dying right that now. That was actually me. I was the one coughing the whole time. Oh, so it wasn't it was while you were talking. I'll cover. That's for impressive, you, man. man. That's impressive. <laughs> so. Um, so you you did the tent this time. Yeah. You stayed warm? Ah, I could have been warmer. Yeah. I really regretted not bringing my um like my cheap Chinese insulated vest that's like Is that heated. by Gonex? <laughs> I don't know what the name of the company is. They keep hounding me to make this video, but I just don't want to make one of like the cheap Chinese product videos. Like yeah. I, it feels like kind of grungy. Like I don't know. I don't know. I'm afraid that even though mine didn't fail, somebody else's might if they buy it. And I'll, you are your word, so yeah, that's true. You know, I that's don't true. want to send somebody in the wrong direction. So anyway, <laughs> that will heat up to like 108 degrees or 113 degrees or something. So you put that in your sleeping bag and wrap it around you yeah. anywhere you're cold instantly. It's like having 20 pairs of hot hands all at once, just like oh. around your body. So I took the hot hands. That was a lot lighter weight. But I really regret it. Whenever it said on my phone, like, feels like 17 degrees, yeah. I was like, man, I wish I had that jacket now. Oh, dude. Took two puffies, you know? Yeah. But I don't like sleeping in the puffies. That's yeah. okay. That's okay. Yeah. I, um... What about you? You've been colder. Like, it's been colder for you, I assume, since you were actually in Wisconsin. Like, Kentucky weather's not as cold. No. Like, how do you stay warm? It was it was cold. Um I bought, actually borrowed an underquilt because I had a 15 degree underquilt, but I wasn't sure I could trust it into the lower 20s. 
Maybe not. It's com- it's not comfort. Fifteen degrees. It's more no, like, no. It's definitely more survival. We'll get you by. Yeah, it's more survival. And I, I didn't want to risk it, and so I contacted Jason Wall and I borrowed his hammock gear, <laughs> his ten degrees, and uh, it's actually hanging behind me right now. It's over here in a bag. Um, but I took that and I used that as my underquilt, and finally, finally, since Christmas, I got to use my zero degree bandit top quilt from uh, UGQ. That that's the underquilt I want. Is the zero degree from UGQ? Oh, that's what we're working on. If I'm being honest, I like it. I like that. I like <laughs> UG, that. They make good stuff. UGQ. Dude, I'm going to tell you what. Underground quilts. What an interesting name. That see right there. That gray one right there. Yeah. Beautiful. It's scarlet, behind us, if you're listening. Scarlet and gray under quilt or top yeah. quilt. Top quilt. I don't know about all that, but that thing is like an oven. I mean, I got it home when I first got it. I decided one night I'm just going to lay in it in the couch and see what it feels like. Super Dude, hot. I was sweating almost immediately. Yeah, you gotta vent that, man. So, so Friday night, we get out there to the campsite, and uh, what's cool about it is is the foot box. I didn't get a sewn foot box. Why not? Um, you like the snaps? Well, I also or... like to use it as a blanket occasionally. Uh, so okay. if if it's if it's sewn, I can't use it for anything other than a quilt, like well, a, a blue use sleeping it, quilt. It would be too hot, wouldn't it? To use it as a blanket? I don't know, man. You go to a football game in the wintertime or something? Oh, I didn't even think about that. You know, you can have this, the backpack every, Everybody else is going to be like wearing these like, like little oh. tiny things freezing. I'll just be like, I'm good. Just wrap up in it? Yeah. So That's smart, actually. So anyways, I the first night, um, the way theirs does is you zip it, you, you, you pull it tight. It zips up, you pull it tight, and then there's a snap that covers over the hole. Man. So you don't get that draft. In then it. you, it's kind of like having a sewn-in foot box, except it's not sewn-in all the time. Exactly. It's like you can use sewn-in foot box. Unless you're an idiot and you didn't pull it tight enough. No, and, you're not an idiot. You didn't do that, did you? It's the first night, man. Rookie, that'll make a good video. It's, it's definitely a rookie mistake. Um, but I didn't, I didn't get it completely closed all the way. Mm-hmm. So it was fine until I would move my feet and push all the air out of the, pe- the sleeping bag. Because all that warm air, yeah, you push it. It's it's not the cold air that comes in; it's the warm air you push out. Then you have to reheat the air around. Yeah, you. exactly. And so, oh. so I was dealing with that a little bit at night, and uh, everything else was fine. Though I mean, I kept my it kept my body super warm. I mean, my body was warm the entire night, and uh, and it was it was cold enough that um, I just slept with the I pulled it over my head. Yeah, you know, I'm short, but I got a longer one because. I know if it's cold, I want to be able to pull mm-hmm. it over my head, and so that's what I did. And I slept, I slept like a baby. You need to share this night. stuff with new hikers. Oh yeah, like that knowledge. Oh that yeah, that is such good advice. Yeah, and and the thing, and when it's re, it, that's only good when it's really cold. Like if it's seventy degrees out, you don't yeah. want a freaking quilt over your head. No, no, so, it's gonna be way too hot. Yeah, and but for the for the weather it was and how cold it was and it was windy. Yeah. At one point, I actually had to get up and re uh, pull one of my. My uh, lines on my on my tarp. Oh, did it come loose? Yeah, one of the guy lines came t- came loose, and so I had to come out and repull it and and tighten it back up because it was flopping around and and all that, that kind of stuff. That wouldn't work. So, slept like a baby with that, and I also have a Nemo Philo pillow. Oh. Have you seen those? No, they got about I think a half I saw inch yours. of foam. They got about a half inch of foam on them, and like a suede fabric. Yeah. And dude, when your face hits it, it like warms up immediately. That sounds wonderful. Dude, it was amazing. And I did the whole, like, uh, I put the sit pad under my under my butt. Mm-hmm. It actually lifted my butt up off of the quilt and actually made it colder, 
When I took oh. when I took this when I took it out was actually where my backside was against the underquilt. Yeah, I stayed a whole lot warmer. Really? Yeah, maybe it's just me, but I I quit using. It. I didn't use it. I did it the first night, and then I didn't do it the second night. But I slept fine. I mean, I was plenty warm with that. And I've got that winter winter dream tarp by UGQ. Yeah. And so I've got the doors on either end. There's no air coming in. Oh, the doors on either side are just yeah. really good. And and I pitched it so that it, there shouldn't have been wind coming in regardless. It should have hit the, the broad side. Let me add something. Since you're talking about the tarps. Yeah. Because this is something that I didn't know before I started hammocking. And I'm very, very, very inexperienced in hammocking. Like I have no room to give advice just yet. Just a few mistakes that I've made. Other than right. that, like, you know, I'm a noob. So... The doors, something that people don't understand. Because whenever somebody would say, this is this is what a door is on a tarp, right? And I'm like, wait, what? A tarp has doors. Like, whenever I think tarp, I think like the blue tarp you buy at Walmart. That's like right, eight by eight. Right, Goes over your stuff while you're moving. You tie it down in the truck. Blows all over the place. Yep. Okay. On a hammock, it's not like that. In fact, a lot of them aren't rectangular shaped. Like you could use it easily hex shaped. Yeah, it's it's like I don't know, and they there's different cuts, yep. and that you can get them customized different ways. You can get so, rectangular. You can get rectangular yeah, you tarps. Can. I mean, they sell those. Yeah, and I think those are a lot better for like just straight up tarp camping. Right. If you're not going to bring a tent or a hammock, you're just going to use the tarp. Yeah. Then that's cool too. Actually, goat. Did I not say goat was with us earlier? Yeah, you did. You did. Okay. okay. Yeah. So goat, he did tarp camping only the whole time we were there. He was actually looking for little divots to lay in. He was like, oh, this would be perfect. I could pitch my tarp Okay, here. so I'm just going to like, whoop. Question, question. That dude comes off so goofy in his videos, but from what I hear, he is probably of all the backpacking YouTubers that, that are like the weekend warrior guys. Yeah, yeah. He is probably by far the most experienced and maybe even the most knowledgeable uh, of a lot of these guys, like they just said, he he comes off as a goofball, but the truth is that guy knows the outdoors and he knows how to backpack. <laughs> well, first let me say he is, if he's like if not the he's the top three funniest people I've ever spoken a word to ever. Like you know, people are real funny, stand up comedians and stuff. Right, right. And I keep saying he has to do stand up. He won't tell me what he does for a living. I still don't know, and I'm backpacking with him multiple times. I have no idea. Today he told me something different. He told me he was an inspector for pants. You know how you find the little tag in your pants saying it's So he's like inspected? inspector number 73 or something 21. Like that. 21. Yes. I was like, what are you talking about, dude? You're just making this stuff up. That's awesome. I have no idea what That's you're talking awesome. about. And he was telling somebody else. And he's also told me he like works from home doing something else. And then he told me he... Uh, <laughs> He like he's a lawyer and he writes up contracts and he has to wear his suit all the time. I was like, what? What does he actually do? He's got to be a stand-up comedian, man. That's great. So anyway, goat tarp the whole time. And the reason he knows so much about the outdoors is because for years, he was a weekend warrior. It's my understanding, unless I'm wrong here. He was a weekend warrior, he told me, who you pick a time period, like 1840s, and you don't go past that time period. So the only things you can use... For your camping trip and all that, is stuff that was 1840s and below. Wait, wait, you before gotta, you gotta hear this. You ready? Yeah. Oh, ASMR. Wow. I think it's the last of the coffee. You know, the only thing that would have made that better if it was a UK cup. It's Ohio no, State, but it's a national championship. I so, guess, man. I don't, so I don't know what that feels like with football. First ever national. Uh, football playoff championships. 
was Ohio State. Dude, we can't talk about that. I got to tell you about Goat. You tell me about Goat. So, okay, so, <laughs> so, so he did that deflection. I like that. So he does, he would do time period camping. Yeah, so you can't go past like 1840. And then like right. every weekend for, you know, two or three years straight, you had these group of people that you were super, it was all community driven. Like, yeah. It's just like backpacking. Like, a lot of you know each other. You go out, you hang out. You, you just love each other. You know, you're like family. It's real cool. So he went out with these people all the time. And so they would use the same technology that you'd use in whatever time period. I may be saying the wrong time period, but it was not like, you know, an Osprey backpack. Right, right, right. It's more like, hey, let me take this. Let me make my own backpack. Let me use wool stuff. Let me set up a teepee. Let me have a fire in there, like a big teepee. So short of the matter is, dude is the real deal. Oh, he's definitely the real deal. 100% the real deal. That's awesome because, like I said – when I see him in video, he's just kind of a big goofball. Oh, he's so funny. But the guy just knows. I, somebody else, t- I think it might have been Jason, told me, like, you don't understand, man. Goat knows how to backpack. He's the goat. You, we, de- we need to have him on here so he can tell you all about uh, how he got his name, Goat. Because I, I won't spoil it. I, I think he's the goat. I think he may be the goat he of some He may be things. the goat because he's, uh, from what I hear, just guy's got skills. He wasn't the goat at basketball today at McGill's. I wouldn't be the goat at basketball either, trust me. <laughs> but he was the goat at, in the outdoors, making That's fires awesome. and that kind of stuff. Oh, but anyway. Now, now let me ask you this. With him doing the tarp thing, how did he stay warm? He used um, a, you know, a sleeping pad just like I would and put down polycrow on the ground and found a level spot just like you put a tent. Mm-hmm. But you're not limited by the space like you, you would be on a tent. You don't need everything to be level for the size of the tent, you only need to be, you only need it to be level enough that you can put your pad and not slide. So he right. put down his poly crow, put down his pad, put up his tarp, and he's trying to play with it different ways. And he's just starting out using his tarp that he takes, um, you know, for hammocking because he, he's a hammock guy too. Okay, but cool. He, he wants to lighten his load and he's wanting to substitute that weight. I can't remember what he said that he was wanting to do instead. Like he's wanting to free up room in his pack to, do maybe fishing trips or hunting trips or something like that with his backpacking gear. That's cool. Yeah. But anyway, I was going to say about the tarps, like the doors on the end are basically, if you imagine you have your tarp set up and then you stick a couple triangles that overlap on the end, that's what the doors are. Yeah. That's what that whole story was for. Well, it's, <laughs> well it's, if you've ever seen a, a, a Z-Pax duplex. That's what the that's what the doors are on the vestibules. Yeah, yeah. They just pull across each other. Yeah, exactly. That's really all right. it is, and that's it's the same you know, thing. And mine's just their buttons. Yeah. They just button up that's a good the mine's sides. Mine have like a stretchy elastic that you I, hook on each side. Yeah, I think the the light AF uh, Dyneema tarps they came out with are the same way. I think they have the, yeah. the pull across. That's, Andy I Andy Schill had one. Yeah. Andy Schill had one at uh, up in Wisconsin. That's where I got the design from, man. Yeah. It's With a Chris. cool tarp, man. It's yeah. a cool tarp. Yeah. Really cool tarp. Except mine's like Dyneema comes in certain sections, right? You can't buy, you can't just be like, hey, let me get this size by this side. It's a roll, and you, you all you can do is cut it off. But I think it's 52 inches wide, maybe, or 56 inches wide, 54, something like that. But mine's still poly, and you, it's a bit, a little bit bigger, so it's 58. So that means each side, like not, you know, after you have it pitched, if you measure from your ridge line down to where you're gonna, you know. St- Put the string on and put your stakes, like your tie-out points. Right. That's that's the distance I'm talking about on each side, like 58 inches. So it's longer. Yeah. Which I thought, man, that would be good if you were wanting to tarp camp because then you'd have a higher roof. 
Yeah. You know, because well, the longer the sides. And, and it's I, the reason I went with the Winter Dream Tarp is because I was a tenter. You know, I, I always backpack in a tent. Yeah. And I still wanted a tent, but I wanted to sleep in a hammock. And so yeah. I got a tarp that I could set up like a tent and still have my privacy and still yeah. kind of have my own setup, and but sleep comfortably in a tent or in a tarp. Or I can't even talk now. So I could sleep <laughs> in a hammock, you know? Yeah. That hammocks. was the whole point of it. A hammock is like a bed inside a tent. Yeah. Like a, a suspended bed is what I came to realize. I didn't even think about this. I just saw other people hammocking, but most of the time, you know, you don't pay attention. You're setting your own stuff up. And then before you know it, they have their tarp over their hammock and you don't want to invade their privacy. So you're not like going over there and like peeking in. You know, if they're your friend, you may be like, hey, can you show me your setup? That's super cool. I want to know more about that. But ordinarily, you're just like, oh, well, that's their setup. It's different than mine. And you don't see because you're talking about the privacy. Right, it's, right. Nobody can see you changing or anything like that. So I don't know. I didn't know anything about it. I know the thing I love about it is I sleep warmer in a hammock than I do in a tent. I bet. Because you you're cocooned, man. It's like if, yes. you've got, if you've got everything set up the right way, if you've got your under quilt set up the right way, you've got your top quilt set up the right way, there is no cold air getting in. Yeah. It's I mean, like you, a are cocoon, just, you are just cocooned in warmth, and it's like the greatest thing ever. I was talking to Chad, and I wonder, um, I wonder if I did like a top quilt, a really warm under quilt, right? And then I bought, I used a a quilt that was not rated for as cold of the temperatures, but right. I still use a zero degree. So I imagine like there has to be some kind of middle ground, like up to a point I could use this zero degree under quilt and vent it a little bit and stay warm at like 40 degrees, but not be too hot, and maybe use like a 50-degree quilt that I already have. Well, I know. I wonder I, if that works. My plan is, honestly, I want to get my hands on a 40-degree underquilt. That's, yeah, that's one of my goals, and I want to get a zero-degree underquilt. Yeah. And I think it's all I need. That's what I think, too. I, I, I don't think I need anything past that. Um, because I, and, and because it, I would probably get it from UGQ. I'm a big UGQ fan, obviously. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I've noticed is they're, they're – Temperature rating is the actual like comfort rating. Yeah, because so, they stuff it like yeah thirty percent thirty percent full or overfill thirty percent overfill. Yeah, it's more. It's filled thirty percent more than what another company would say. Hey, this is our cutoff. Like this is right. a normal temp. They're like, oh, let's stick some more in there. We need to make this better. Yeah, that'd be a good episode. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But uh, anyway, so so I want to get me a. I want. I just squealed again like a little thirteen year old <laughs> That's boy. That's okay, man. Um. I really want to get my hands on a on a zero degree quilt and a forty degree under quilt, and uh, then I want to get my hands on a forty degree top quilt. And I think if I have those three with the zero degree top quilt that I already have, man, I don't think I'll, I don't think I have any problems. Give me a number because I'm not experienced enough to know yet. Give me a number. How many degrees? If I have a zero degree under quilt and the temperature is going to be like around freezing, I figured the under quilt is going to be very 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 warm. And I wonder how warm my quilt has to be if my underquilt's zero degrees and the temperatures are going to be at freezing. Truthfully, the more clothes you wear, the less it insulates you. That's what I thought because you're losing heat between yeah. each layer. Yeah, so it, the, it's like warm and air, warm and air, and it's expen exponential decay. Right, right. So if you can you can actually layer your clothes in such a way to lower the temperature rating of your no of your quilt way. if you think about it. You're a freaking genius, man! I so, didn't even think about that. So more just, clothes be colder. You'll actually be cooler in your wow. quilt, so you can you can actually layer your clothes in such a way. 
Now, now some people are different. Everybody sleeps different. Yeah, that's you true. Know, like, but as a general rule. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to Andy Schill, and I asked him, I said, did you sleep warm? He said, it was like Fort Lauderdale. He said, no, he said the Florida Keys is what he said. <laughs> he said it was like <laughs> the Florida warm. Keys, and he said he was taking layers off throughout the night. You were like, man, you should have added on one more layer, and you may have been comfortable. Yeah, dude, who knows? Yeah, but, but uh, I slept, I mean, when I slept at night, I was sleeping in tights, pants, uh, Two shirts and a puffy. I slept in tots, fleece leggings, and um, a fleece pullover with just this. Literally, literally, I put this shirt on before I left. And haven't taken it off since. That was like my lowest. Nah, the PFG. Yeah, dude. dude it smells awful. I don't want to smell it. If I, I lift up it. my jacket, I can just feel the stink. Like I can. Uh, yeah, if you if you lift your up eyebrows. your jacket, I may not make it through the rest of this podcast. <laughs> Which actually, I think we're just about done, anyways. But uh, I think I think it's really interesting to see how people handle the cold at night. Yeah, because it's really. I mean, it can be uncomfortable. Yeah, but I want to ask you a question before we wrap it up. Yeah. So, with the air mattresses, <laughs> I want to know, and if you all know, shoot me a DM. And I actually did have somebody shoot me a DM. Did I send you that picture? Yeah. Screenshot. Yeah, you did. Yeah, actually, I want to shout them out. Don't everybody expect a shout-out just because you sent me a DM. <laughs> Not that my opinion means anything. But anyway, I, I got that DM. So if you know the answer to this question, let me know, and I'm going to ask JK. As far as I know, what you got to do is you got to take your, like, X-Lite, for instance, mm-hmm. and you have to, even though it's insulated in there, you have to heat the air inside by laying on top of it. Yeah. Is that how it works? And it creates a barrier between you and the ground of warm air. Yes. So I wonder, how how does it get a higher R value? If I take the X-Therm versus the X-Lot, how's the R value going to be higher with the exact same pad and you still have to heat the air? It doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. Do you know the answer? No, but I bet Devin Ashby would. He commented on my insulation video with Chad. I interviewed Chad, UGQ, and asked him all kinds of questions. And Devin directly commented on there. It's like, hey, since y'all didn't talk about this, and he had so much knowledge. Y'all need to go read his comment on there. Yeah, Devin Ashby, Backcountry um, back Exposure. Yeah, Backcountry Exposure. And yeah. uh, he also does the Backcountry Experience, or Backpacking Experience. The Backpacking Experience. Podcast. And, uh, man, Devin's awesome. We actually, that was another thing we did on our trip is we actually did a, uh, a FaceTime with Devin. I saw that. Around That's so cool. Yeah, so we talked with a dude in Utah while we were backpacking in man. Wisconsin. I want to hang out with him. I did his podcast. That was really fun. Yeah. Y'all need I'm, to listen to it, too. Yeah, he does a great job. It's uh, Rosie underscore outdoors. Rosie outdoors. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for getting the guys to translate on the latest podcast. Yes. Yeah, Laugh Face, you're correct. Not all the listeners are from Kentucky, not even the U.S. Or even the U.S. And then send a U.K. flag. Not as in U.K. Wildcats, but United Kingdom. Right, right. Man, look at that. That is so cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. They can hear us around the world. Probably aren't nobody's listening right now. <laughs> they have. No, they're like, nah, nah. But you know what? Thank you so much for if if you are from the U.S. Thank you for listening. If you're not from the U.S., thank you for listening. Yes. We're just glad to have people that want to listen to us rant for like an hour. Yeah. Wrap it up, man. They're done so, listening. Yeah, they're, you, they're tired of us at this point. <laughs> Crank it out. So, so this has been a lot of fun, man. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, um, dude. Tune in next week. And I, I think we're actually. I think we should talk about insulation. I think we should yeah. actually talk about what all this stuff is, our value, all that. Let's just, we'll talk about it. Let's do it, dude. And we'll see what happens. All right. So until next time, this is the Backpacking Podcast. I'm JK. This is Jeremiah. And we're out of here. Adios. Adios.